Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I am thrilled to introduce to you my next guest. Her name is Nicole Rose, and she is a DJ and a podcast host for her podcast called Sup Babe, where she gives incredible advice for the next generation. I absolutely love her energy. I love her outlook. Um, she is an incredible human being, an incredible woman. Uh, so please welcome to the show, Nicole Rose. So I always start the show with the question, what do you believe? I have heard that because I have listened to your show and I think it's awesome. So I've heard you ask other people that. So I, I, I wanted to think about it. And I think um, I've had many different beliefs over my life and I have a myriad of beliefs. I actually have a whole daily mindset morning routine um, that I do where I kind of align myself to my deepest beliefs and values. And, and we'd be happy to, to share more on that if that's of interest. But I think ultimately above all of those little micro beliefs is my top line belief. And my top line belief that I try to live my life by is that, you know, I'll back up for a second. A mentor a couple of months ago to me would always say on repeat when I was working with her, how you do anything is how you do everything. And I was like, wow, that's so interesting. And there's so much value in that. And she's right, right? You know, how we do anything is how we do everything. If we're lazy about these things in our personal lives, we're probably going to be lazy about other things that bleed into our work lives or our relationship lives. Um, and so what she said really, really stuck with me. And then I had this epiphany, like on a run one day and I was like, but what comes before action? It's your thoughts. So it's not how you do anything is how you do everything. It's how you think about anything is how you think about everything. Mm -hmm. And so when we are fully in control of our thoughts, that's when we can be the person that we want to be that we want to show up as. Oh, I love it. I love it. So take me through your morning. Of course, I want to hear this routine. Tell me. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's, it's something that I've refined over the years. I think the moment that I left corporate, which by the way, is now like going on 10 years mm. ago. I mean, probably nine, but it's a long time ago, right? So that was when I realized that if I wasn't diligent in my routine, that the day would just kind of pass me by and I wouldn't be exactly sure like what I had completed. Did I check anything off a list today? Did I move my business forward today? Like, you know, I think entrepreneurship is challenging, right? And, and you have to be even more structured and scheduled. I think when I first jumped the corporate world to go and try to build my own empire, I wasn't really aware of that. I was like, oh, this is going to be so fun. I'm just going to like do what feels good and like have fun every day. And, and, and now I've learned as a much more mature uh, version of myself in my 30s that uh, within a schedule is freedom, mm. right? So I think to be honest, I'll back up. Like my morning routine starts the night before in building a rock solid schedule that helps me feel confident that I'm achieving my goals and working on like one big thing or two big things that drive my business forward every day that also um, speak to my greater purpose in life, right? So I think for me, it's, you know, at the end of every workday or before bed, if I have to run out or something or end up, you know, working late, it's New York, we all do that. Yeah. Um, then I will build my schedule for the next day. And, and 
part of that is scheduling out the 30 minutes to an hour, however much time I can really squeeze in for my morning routine based on, you know, getting seven hours of sleep and, you know, it just kind of depends. Did I DJ the night before? Like my schedule can really truly be all over the place. Um, So that makes me really need to be more vigilant about planning, which is something that took me a while to realize. Right. So I'll wake up. The first thing that I do is, you know, brush my teeth uh, and probably take some supplements. I start my supplement routine because, you know, you don't want to take them all at once. They will absorb better if you kind of take them in shifts. Um, So I start a couple of my supplements in the morning and I chug like half to a whole bottle of water, right? Because we're most dehydrated when we wake up, but I'm still kind of like in the zone. I'm still, you know, kind of asleep. My brain's still really sensitive at this point. So maybe that all takes five, 10 minutes max. And the next thing that I do is I will sit back down in my bed, usually leaning up against my headboard with a pillow behind my sacrum, just sitting Indian style, the most comfortable that I can be. And I will meditate. And so I will base the time of that meditation on my schedule that I pre-planned the night before. If I can take 30 minutes, I do. If I only have 10, I enjoy those 10, you know, and I try to just let it go, not be hard on myself about whatever time I do have that day. If I can only get in five, then I get in five because I even can tell that five minutes a day makes a difference on my outlook and, you know, my ability to problem solve throughout the day. Absolutely. I think meditation is key. And I'm curious when you said, you know, of course, the thoughts, the thoughts become things. So choose the good ones. As a meditator, you know, the thoughts that it's meditating is all about the thoughts that we that come in and out of your mind. I mean, the night before when you're creating this, this program for the next day, do you set an intention or a thought to that next day? So that's a really great idea in theory. And I have, I have, I have done that. Like I'll set an intention on a weekly basis because, you know, for instance, last week I was DJing the Women's Wear Daily Magic Fashion Trade Show pop up in Orlando all week. Mm. Now I'm here in New York working on an egg freezing campaign and recording some podcasts, you mm. know, about to do a supplement campaign with natural well being next week. So I think, you know, what my life is day to day and week to week certainly changes quite frequently. Um, but I do set it by week. And I think you're right. I think it would be good if I just took that extra five seconds or 30 seconds to set an intention for my day too. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I put like top line in my calendar, like what the main focuses are. Cause you can't focus on every business unit when you're doing multiple things every day, it would just be draining and the cost of shifting your focus right. would be expensive that many times. Um, so I try to kind of batch tasks that are more similar mm-hmm. to each other, um, within, you know, within a certain set of hours so that I am more efficient with my own energy and don't feel like I ran a marathon at the end of every single day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I just need to like unpack, you know, some of the things that you said, you, 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 you are a DJ and you had to, now we met because we were, we met through the GC4W, right? And right. you, when you and I met, you were telling me that, um, you had to sort of pivot your, career in a way from, you know, during the pandemic, because you were a DJ and at that point you were in person and then you had to sort of step back. So talk to me a bit about that because everyone had to pivot a bit during or a lot during the pandemic. So how was that process for you? Yeah, for sure. So um, I think that 
there was a moment like I don't I, I would never be inauthentic even though I feel like that word's so overused but I would never lie the truth is that there was a moment uh, around like March 11th or 13th or whatever it was I forget the exact day it was all a little hazy where you know just every single contract that we had even Instagram campaigns um, it, you know just everything DJ gigs trade shows everything just fell down and everybody backed out of their contract. You know, force, force majeure had never been used so many times right. in my life. Um, and it was completely understandable. And I would never want to put my clients in a bad position because I'm so grateful to have built these relationships over the years and they take time to, to nourish. So you, you know, you want to be really sensitive to them when they're in a rock and a hard place too. So there was a moment where I was just like, holy shit. I don't know. Can we say that here on what do you believe? We curse on stuff, babe. So <laughs> like, holy shit, what am I going to do? Like, like everything is just kind of falling down. And um, I had been working on a podcast and development with Spotify um, and, and they canceled us too. They said, you know, advertisers are pulling out and we think you guys are great. Uh, we, you know, you guys have grown a lot even since we, you know, have been piloting the show with you, but you know, we're, we're going to pass and we're sorry. And that was also heartbreaking because I think I knew uh, deep down inside for years that I wanted to podcast. I wanted to share a lot of the development and growth work and, and work on building my own businesses with other people in a way that was just maybe more real, right. Than other people share about that stuff. Like I just wanted to like show the good, bad and the ugly and like drop some F bombs in there and like yeah. make it, make it not so intimidating to go off on your own, you know, or to, to build, you know, a routine and a lifestyle that works for you and whatnot. So I think um, I mourned a little, you know, I sulked in my own little cry fest and, and then I just kind of like rolled my sleeves up and I was like, well, you know, if Spotify believed in us enough to invest that much time and money, like then I just need to move forward. And when is going to be a better time than now? You know, when, when DJing comes back fully, you know, my schedule can be crazy. There are there are, are weeks where, you know, years, um, not in a pandemic year, but many years that I played 100 sets a year and traveled for those, you know, all over the world. So um, that doesn't give you a ton of time for like the creative side of building new things. And so I was just like, I snapped back with it in a couple of days and I was like, time to pivot. And, you know, focusing your energy on something positive and new is just such a more productive thing than, than spending tons of time, time mourning. Like, I truly believe we have to allow ourselves the time to mourn and say, hey, you know, this doesn't feel good and I'm upset about this and here's why. And, you know, I, I built that business for eight years and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm almost approaching mid-30s and it felt really hard to be robbed of something that, was, that I built from scratch by myself in a city where I I was new to um, and turn it into a six-figure business and then just literally wake up and have nothing. So that was like, I mean, it was shocking. It was heartbreaking. It was scary. It was, it really made me question myself. Like, did, did I do something wrong in building this business that was not pandemic proof? You know, I mean, we never could have foreseen the way that things have gone in our world, but I took that really personally, like almost as like a blow to my intelligence in building this business that was so unfail proof, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then I think I realized that like, okay, I'm being way too hard on myself. Like it's okay. Um, everybody else isn't, you know, not everybody, but hundreds of thousands, millions of people are in the same position and they built businesses that they thought were recession proof or pandemic proof too. 
and it's not just me and it's not just entertainment either. Mm, mm. You know, yeah, and so it, it just took me a little time to, to get over that pity party and, and stop being angry at myself. Um, and then it, like, like I said, I think just really like rolling up my sleeves and have something to pause fo- positive to focus on ASAP really shifted my mindset into a, a higher, better feeling place. Absolutely. Well, going back to the thoughts, right? I mean, if you if you continue to sort of go down the <clears throat> the way of, oh my God, I'm so down on myself, you never would have been able to pick yourself back up. So you had to switch your mindset and get back into the positive mindset of, okay, I'm gonna figure this out. I'm resilient and I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going forward. And I love that. I love that example of resiliency. So thank you for for sharing that. Um I mean, during this time, I, I wonder, you know, what everyone, what you have done, I mean, you know, aside from the incredible story of picking yourself up and, and going, you know, what's been the biggest <clears throat> hurdle in terms of, you know, a mental health issue during the pandemic? Um, I'm curious, you know, you and your friends and millennials and, and how you're dealing with this incredibly, this incredible difficult time. Yeah, I think um, the number one thing that I feel and that I hear from my peers, friends, fans, followers, listeners, et cetera, is just loneliness. You know, people are looking for all different ways to connect. I think that millennials, you know, and Gen Zers are um, some of the loneliest generations because we've forgone time in face, in person with people when we had the ability to for cell phone time, for screen time, for social media time, for TikTok time, whatever your vice may be. I think our generation is much more susceptible to letting um, that in-person connection slide and feeling like we're replacing that with the superficial screen connection. And it's not the same. It really truly is not the same. I think there's value in things like Zoom, just like we're doing now. I Zoomed with my family last night, you know, and and felt connected to them. But was it as fun as drinking a glass of wine or five in person? No, you know. Did we get to hug? No, you know. And like even, you know, research shows that human physical touch adds value, builds rapport, increases the depth of a relationship instantly, right? So I think um, it's just, I think loneliness is the number one thing that our generation is facing in this pandemic and learning how to combat that in the face of a serious health crisis, you know? So, I mean, for me, that's something that, that I have, I've personally struggled with, but I'm even fortunate because I do, you know, get out there, I make content. And then I'm so lucky that because we put out content, it draws people back in that have an interest in this content or something that I said, or that one of our guests said resonated with them. And they share that with me. I mean, I'll give you one example. I had um, a listener she uh, listened to our episode that we did at the end of the year about four ways to unf your life in 2021, uh, strategies that actually work, right? Mm-hmm. And she listened and she DM'd me and she shared that you know she was actually getting her cancer removed and totally unfing her life this year and taking charge of the health situation that had fallen upon her in 2020. And that was like so beautiful to me to be able to connect with her over something so deep, you know, that she would feel comfortable enough to share that with me. I felt honored and grateful. And, you know, that deepened my, you know, even though it's mostly a DM relationship, but that deepened my relationship with her, you know? Um, So I think in a lot of ways, you know, I'm grateful because doing this has certainly 
probably made me less lonely than the average person. But I know that it's something that I hear from friends, from friends of mine from college, from girls that I mentor, et cetera, that, you know, they feel really disconnected and really lonely. And it's very hard living alone, especially, you know, New York is a lonely city, it right? You're in New York. Up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. It's true. You know, and now we can't even smile at each other. Like I'm a Midwest girl. So I got here and I would just smile at people. And like, even that small thing makes an impact in people's days. And that energy exchange is positive and both people feel it. Yeah. Um, and you can't even do that with a mask on, you know, everybody thinks you're pissed all the time. Well, now <laughs> it's your eyes, right? I mean, you can smile when you smile, your eyes do light up. So yeah, I you have to smize. Exactly. You call it the smize. The smile. The smize. I love oh, it's it. a real thing. A PR person that I hired, thank you, Juliana Goldman, told me this years ago. And she was like, honey, you're not doing it right. You got a smize. And I was like, what is a smize? But, yeah. but it works. Oh, it's, it's exactly. Well, I love, I love this. You know, when you and I first met, I, there was an instant connection. And I, one thing I, you know, you know, if I could say one of my superpowers is, and I want to know what one of what, what what yours is, but is connection, right? It's people, and um, we had an amazing conversation over the phone about our fathers. Oh our yeah, fathers passing and connection to them, wherever they may be and the signs that have followed us um, and maybe have inspired us to do a lot of the things that we're doing right now. And I wanna know, or I wanna hear from you, just sort of, you know, what your take on of, of that connection is and your own experiences in, in how you perceive it. Yeah, so you know what's funny, Andrea, and I've been excited to share this with you, even since we last spoke, you know, that was back in, in early-ish December, um, I started a little bit before that, maybe in November, dream tracking diligently. Every time I woke up and I remembered a dream, I would track it. It was some I heard on another podcast that I listened to about lucid dreaming in a good way to remember more of your dreams was to track them. And so I just, not because I really want to be conscious in my dreams all the time or anything, but I just thought, that's interesting. I'm going to start tracking my dreams and see if I notice any patterns. Because um, one thing that I had felt in the fall when I was under really a lot of pressure at work and very burned out was I was having a lot of stress dreams, like you're falling, you're covered in insects, um, you're locked out of the apartment, just like just crazy like havoc stress dreams and I was like this is just not normal like I'm waking up exhausted from yeah. like having these like bizarre like stress dreams and um so I started tracking my dreams and, and by the way I'm no longer having like stress dreams regularly thank god I did yeah. I did say take some time off and yeah. you know I've done um just like getting some space from the the most intense project of my year last year has also helped in just having time to like breathe and not be on call all the time and you know live a more of a balanced uh, healthy lifestyle again but i was tra in tracking my dreams i realized that my father's now coming to me in them more and more so I don't know if that, you know, I think sometimes they say that when we pay attention to spirits and we give them, you know, gratitude and we're, we're, we pay attention to the message, messages that they are trying to share um, and that when we're receptive, they're more likely to come. Yeah. So maybe it's that I, you know, in documenting this, I'm, I've been more receptive to it in a way as well. So, you know, he's showing up more in my dreams, but 
I've now recognized a pattern that when I have a decision to make that feels like, you know, big decision in my life, and I'm not sure about it, like one decision was whether or not to invest in this, in this company that um, invests in a bunch of startups, it's kind of like a fund of a fund situation. And I was just, you know, really trying to, to feel if it was right for me or not at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and then another situation was, uh, just even with my whole egg freezing procedure, there were some health risks that the doctors were particularly worried about me for that maybe wouldn't apply to the average person. And it got me very nervous. And I, you know, I, but I really wanted to do it. So I just felt like, so like I was straddling this fine line of, of what was right. And after I made the decision to do it and same with after I made the decision to move forward with that investment, he came to me in a dream that night, both times. And it was just a positive dream. The dream just had positive, happy sentiments. There's no drama, which did occur frequently in my childhood. So, so no drama, happy, fun, laughter, you know, wine, exactly like sharing of good times, good vibes. Um, and so that is one way that I can tell that, you know, he's here and he's guiding me. Have you ever had, yeah. In a, a situation like that? Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, my father, I actually just dreamt of my father, and I never really dreamt of my father ever. But last week, I had a dream that he came and I saw him not as a young man. I mean, he seemed, he, he was, he, he seemed still very, he died of stage four pancreatic cancer. So when he passed, he was very, very thin. Mm -hmm. um, but he came to me in, in this, he, he sort of, he looked around the same age, you know, in his, his, his about 82 and he was carrying his laundry. I mean, not laundry. He was carrying his dry cleaning. And I always remember as a kid, my father was like obsessed with dry. Like he would get everything dry cleaned. Yeah. And I just thought it was so funny that he came to me and he's walking by carrying dry cleaning. And I, I knew it was just something that was just so funny to me. And it, I woke up laughing and I called my mom and I said, dad came last night. He was carrying the dry cleaning like he always did walking into the house and she laughed and we thought it was hysterical. But aside from that, I mean, numbers, I get a lot of numbers on my phone, 1111. I get signs in, you know, just flat, you know, whether it's flowers, birds, uh, feathers, coins, you know, all these things that are, <clears throat> that are little signs that, that are indicators that they're with you and that he's with me. And, and I know that it's my father. It's just a knowing, you know, mm -hmm. it's a knowing. I may not see it in terms of seeing him there, like a, an apparition of my father, but I know that it is. Yeah. And these things are, are very, very powerful. And, and, and they're just reminders that we're, we're not alone. We're not yeah, alone. for sure. And you know, um, what's interesting is I actually did have a listener reach out to me about this um, recently, because I've mentioned it a few times in my podcast as well. Um, and unfortunately her passing was rather recent and, it's what I find challenging though, is it's hard to explain that knowing to somebody who hasn't experienced it yet, but I guess it's good for them to hear that, that, that insight is there for them on the other side, if they're willing to, to believe, to receive, to allow it in so that hopefully one day it can come to them. You know, I would say that from when my dad passed to when I first experienced him around me and he, I guess I have a big thing with dreams. And by the way, I would urge you, if he's already come to you in a dream or two, start tracking them. You'll have to let me know if it happens more. I bet you it is going to be more frequent or your memory of them will just improve. I so 
So yeah, I would urge you to start tracking that and any, anybody else that's listening that is having a similar experience or just even having stress dreams and they want to know why, just start tracking them and see what happened that day at work. You know, when you're, if, is it always every Monday? Is that because your boss usually comes in from the weekend like a raving lunatic screaming at everybody? Like, is that, you know, so I think we can learn a lot um, about ourselves from that tracking. But what I would say is it took, uh, I want to say two years from when he passed it was on his two-year anniversary of passing. He came to me in a dream the night I got to Japan, which was a place that he loved, mm. that he visited frequently, that he tried to take me to. And my mother was like, she needs to apply to college, not go to Japan right now. Like, apps are due, okay? Mm. Um, and she knew, obviously, I wasn't going to be doing them while I was touring around Tokyo. So um, yeah. He came to me in a dream the night that I got to Tokyo. And it was just like we were, Samsung was a regular client of mine. I DJed for them a lot um, in their, you know, their meatpacking location, et cetera, um, holiday parties, whatnot um, in New York. And we were just on top of the Samsung building in Tokyo. Don't know if that exists, but he was just telling me how proud he was of me, you know, and it was just something that simple. Um, And that was the first time that he ever came to me. And then it was maybe like another six months or a year, you know, it wasn't frequent. And now that I'm more receptive, I'm more open to it. I truly believe in it. And, and I invite him in sometimes, sometimes in a meditation too. I'll say, you know, I'm, I'm spiritual. Um, you know, maybe some would consider this religious, but I don't, uh, subscribe to any one specific religion. I don't go to church every Sunday or whatever, but I, I do meditate. I do read the Bible. Occasionally I do believe in God, you know, and sometimes I'll invite, God and I'll invite the Holy Spirit and I'll invite my father in to show me anything that I need to know, you know? Exactly. I love that. And it's so true. The answers do come um, when you invite and ask. And it may not happen when you want it to happen. Exactly. It kind of, sometimes it takes time. It takes time, but it's having the faith to keep asking or having the faith to know that it's going to show up. And very much so. I mean, this is, this is, you know, everything that I've in my last part of my life have really, you know, I've, I've studied and I've, I've talked about, and, you know, I, I believe that the signs are there. I mean, I, I, of course people go to, you know, psychics and intuits and, and, and people to, to help them. And I do believe these people exist and they are real and they actually do have the gift to sort of be the medium before, you know, in between yep. worlds and, you know, in between and, and, you know, help people see or have get answers that they, that they're looking for. But all the answers really are within us if we allow them to be. And if we allow the, if you allow yourself to sit still, right? Be very still, meditate and just calm your mind and 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 believe that that it's there and it's real. So yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's really a beautiful thing once once you allow that. For sure. I mean, it's hard, right? It's a challenge. I I mean, there are many days that I sit down to meditate and ponder stuff and I and my brain is racing thinking about work or you know today for instance this morning I was having a disagreement with someone on my own team the past couple of weeks and I have you know really been searching for the answer on how to handle that but old me would just 
immediately try to take some action, right? Mm -hmm. Try to, you know, force a conversation, even though maybe I wasn't fully formed on what I want to say and Mm -hmm. how I want to show up in that situation for the person. And it might create a conflict that's unnecessary if I'm not sure how to come from a place of love about it, et cetera. And then, you know, today it was, sometimes my mind will wander onto things it needs to think about. That was a large part of my meditation today. And I feel like I'm more close to being at the point where I'm ready to have that conversation and an intuition came to me that said, okay, you know what? Well, you need to go look at the contract that you have with this person Mm -hmm. because that's going to affect how you handle it, which yesterday when I was just worrying about it, didn't come to me because I was just worrying about it. Right. You know? So, and you know, then I spent some time this morning figuring that out and I'm like, okay, well, at least I know now the timeline under which I need to operate to be contractually appropriate, right? Yeah. You know, my goal is to never, never hurt anybody or screw anybody over and, you know, but um, I think, you know, it's just tough. I think, I think it making that space though is so rewarding. And I know you asked me a little bit else about my morning routine and it does extend beyond meditation. And, and we actually are doing a reel on this on my Instagram next week. So if anybody wants to follow, it's just Nicole Rose Stillings and you'll be able to see it. Um, but the, my routine is like after the meditation, I then read this daily mindset tool that I've literally been building for six years that has my purpose at the top with a bunch of cute emojis, obviously. And then has, you know, my values just to remind myself, like what I care about most communication, loves my faith, you know, like all these things, uh, positivity, right. What are my number one values? It's just, it's just good to read them. Sometimes you'd be surprised how caught up we get in everyday life, you know, Mm -hmm. and then I'll read, um, like I have a process for, for building, you know, your own mantras that's worked for me for many years to help address things that, you know, even as, as, as who I am in this world, there's still things that I have insecurities about, you know, and so I'll read those mantras and then I read my goals, you know, and then after that, I look at this vision board, that's like a board, it's like a saved board on Instagram, but it's all the things that I'm hoping to manifest in my life that, you know, are still on their way to me. So, um, I think all of that in combination with like, uh, then I'll go on a walk and walk my, you know, spend some time with my dog and then I go on a run, you know? So, I mean, that it's, it's a long morning routine. I know that might not be realistic for everybody. It was certainly not the case when I was in corporate. Yeah. So I understand that. Um, but that's what my morning routine actually fully looks like, which I, I, I love, I love the vision board. And now I'm curious, has your purpose changed at all at the top? You said you have a, a, a you know, a main goal. Has that changed and at all throughout the years or has it maintained itself? Yeah, so I think that's a really interesting question. Um, and, and just so everybody knows, we're doing an episode with you fully about purpose on Sup Babes. So they'll have to check that out too if they want more of, a, yeah. of this. Um, but so yes, it has ultimately. I think in college, I, my purpose was partying, okay, right? Like I was like, how? Like, let's just get out of my parents' house and have a good effing time. And, and I did that so successfully four nights a week at Emory. So man, at straight A's somehow, it is a miracle. Um, but I was kind of a little mini superhero back then. And then, and then, you know, in my early 20s, I was like, you know, I just love marketing and I love thinking about the way people think about things. And so it wasn't a purpose, but it was certainly work that helped me do the work that we do now and spread the word. Um, And then like I knew sort of in my mid twenties after I left corporate, I was like, 
you know, I really want to be in business for myself and I want to be, but I, but that business needs to be something that genuinely helps other people. I want to share happiness and love with the world. And, and I thought that DJing would be a way to do that. And, Mm -hmm. and I kept honing that skill and I was good at that skill. And it was such a natural offshoot for me because I had experience in relationships in that industry. And it was, it was ultimately just a li- I think I went a little too far down the wrong path, you know, getting so niche in fashion and luxury and private events that you don't necessarily get to help all the, the people that maybe need it the most too. And so, um, you know, I had a moment where I woke up in that and the pandemic really helped me become more woke, if you will, to the fact that, you know, there are so many people that I want to be serving that I'm not touching in that career, even though that career, you know, is fun and fabulous and certainly has a lot of other perks and I wouldn't change my path. Um, there's more to it. And, and really it was not just that I wanted to make people happy, that it was, I wanted to help younger women grow into the best versions of themselves mm-hmm. using what I had learned on my life journey, because it never felt easy for me. You know, it was, I, uh, grew up in a family that was, it's a whole household of doctors. Even my little sister is a surgeon. So it was like for me to go off on my own, to leave corporate, to not go to medical school, to then become a DJ when no women were DJs. And it was like literally not even socially acceptable at the time was like really earth shattering for my family. You know, that was just really messed up. They, it was hard for them to understand. My father on the other hand, was um, very supportive um, and did help me get my start in that business. But everybody else was kind of like, whoa, you know, <laughs> like, what are you thinking? Knock, knock, anybody in there? Like, this is weird. Um, well, you were true to yourself and you just kept going. And, and I mean, you have carved out such an incredible life. And I feel that you are for sure the driver of that, of that you know, car. You're, you know where you're going. You are spreading love. You are s- certainly spreading joy and incredible positive vibes. I mean, I, I love listening to your podcast and listening to you speak because you really are, you, you, you just, you're just like a ball of love. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. No, I mean, that like literally brings tears to my eyes because I wake up every day and I, and one of the things I align myself to is how can I share more love with the world today? You know, how can I show up as my best self? Who needs a little extra TLC for me? Is there somebody I can even send a quick text message or email to that I feel like might be hurting right now? And I have, I can just say, I love you. Or I have, you know, a piece of advice that could be valuable to them through their divorce or whatever they may may be dealing with. And I'll I'll let, you know, I'll sit with that for a moment. And and usually an idea comes to me or quite frankly, then the universe prevents you. If if you truly want to help people, the the universe will present you with tons of options throughout your day to help people. Somebody sent me an email, you know, another, actually a psychic that I've collaborated with on Sup Babe. And she was like, well, how do you do X, Y, and Z on Instagram? And I was like, easy. I know the answer to this. I'm happy to help you. You know what I mean? So um, I think if we look for those little ways to help other people in our lives too, like the beauty is that you never feel like you're searching for help when you need it. Just help just always shows up. It's never those exact same people. And, and I used to think of life as like, okay, I gave, so what can I get now? And that's not really the right approach to it. But if you allow yourself to be guided to the opportunities where you can give guidance and support, um, I feel like it truly 
comes back to you, like at your moments where you're most in need, you know, it will show up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you are truly a gift during this time and forever. I see it. I feel it. And you're incredible. And I, I know and see great things for you, Nicole, and you are really, your superpower goes beyond above and beyond. <laughs> Thank you. I was like, I don't know what, when you said that, I was so nervous you were going to ask me that. Cause I was like, I do not have a prepared answer for what is my like number one superpower. Cause I, I think it's, you know, I'm still figuring that out, but it definitely has to do something with knowing the right ways to help other people, especially serve other people that are in that demographic of the girl that I used to be, right? The, the 25 to 35 year old girl who's still figuring out, but knows there's more out there for her. Exactly. Exactly. You're con you are connecting with, with the young women who are, are seeking and need advice and guidance and love and that that is that's a huge huge superpower and it's only going to evolve in, into something even greater than you what you've already created i mean it's it's really beautiful i'm just so grateful to have you on the podcast so grateful thank you for having me this has been lovely to chat with you thank you for listening to today's episode of what do you believe Please remember to subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify. We very much appreciate your continued support. Thank you.